0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your
0: own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle
1: of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is
2: still in range.
0: Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Where else? The NBA. Only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
1: Welcome to Talking Halos, this is Derek Ciappolo with my buddy John Crane here to cover everything Angels in our Wednesday night podcast. John, what's up buddy?
2: Hey Derek, I, I got home today to watch the Angel game and it turns out they played this afternoon. Did anything good happen?
1: I mean, I don't
2: know, I didn't hear.
1: <laughs> uh, I hear it was a boring game. Absolutely, <clears throat> a just atrocious game. Yeah, Twitter was Twitter was
2: silent regarding the game.
1: <laughs> if you could tell, folks are just being a little, <laughs> little facetious here. Angels one day twelve. Said they take two out of three from the Oakland days. And by the way, which is unexpected, I thought they would lose two of three. And the Angels showed up this series, man. They really did. How are you feeling, John?
2: Pretty good. I don't think I was here to predict. So I'm going to say I predicted two out of three. For who? For the Angels. Dude, be honest. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Hey, I'm sorry. I wasn't here. I didn't, I was on the galaxy's edge.
1: I am going to throw you <laughs> under a freaking bus, man. You told me before we started that you you thought A is two out of three. Don't lie.
2: Don't oh, lie.
1: hold on. Hold on. This is recorded? Oh, God. I didn't realize this was recorded. <laughs> Well, so you were up for Galaxy's Edge. What'd you think of it?
2: Um, no, is it not a Star Wars guy? Just one ride open. Um, very. If you're a Star Wars geek, you are you're you're loving the environment. Um, it's like you're in the town in Star Wars, and uh, the whole place. A lot of gift shops. A lot of uh, they have the cantina, but the cantina was there's a huge line for the cantina. We just got on the one ride, which is like. Uh, The Millennial Falcon. It's an interactive uh, galaxy. uh, What's the um, Star Tours, where some people shoot, some people fly, and some people are engineers. Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight as a Star Wars, as a non-Star Wars guy.
1: Just an eight. Well, I mean, we're going to make it out there sooner rather than later, and that's my. I'm making a beeline for Disney, so I can see that. I mean, that's. I'm making a beeline. The big nerd here finally to play in a Star Wars universe. Excited. Yeah. Totally I, I
2: told my daughter to offer it to any Star Wars geeks she knows, and she said, nah, she left it to me. So I so I have a good friend of mine who's very jealous of that I went.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, I didn't to ask you, did you get the Wookiee? The Wookiee Rally Monkey? Yes, I did get the Wookiee Rally Monkey and I will
2: send it out to you. I'll give it to you. Oh
1: I'll my gosh. I, I will
2: give that. it to your daughter. I will give it to your daughter. Thank you. Uh, speaking of Galaxy's Edge, uh, the the Angels went to the Galaxy's Edge today. I understand.
1: Well, twelve runs without without Mike Trout. Let's actually get to that, folks. Before before we started here, you do want to remind you that we are pretty much everywhere. Podcast can be found. I can now tell you we are also on Google. So let's go ahead and check off the list here. We're on iTunes. We're on Spreaker. We are on. Jeez, what's that one means an S? iTunes Spreaker. We are on Google. We're on Stitcher. There we go. We're and, we're and, and we're, we're on, on Spotify. And we're on Spotify. See, it's all the S's, man. I'm telling S problems. So, <laughs> folks, check it out. If you are a non-subscriber, nice especially on iTunes, we'd really appreciate a five-star review. It, it would help us move the charge, help us get become a little more well-known. And if you want us to earn it, Great. Email us at talkinghalosatgmail.com. at gmail.com, give us your feedback. We haven't gotten any feedback yet, except for the wonderful voicemail message. By the way, if you want to leave a voicemail message on feedback, or if you just want to leave some leave a you know just a comment in the show or a comment on the team or a question about the team, go ahead and six five seven six 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 five four five three. I check that thing every once in a while, I promise. And if it's a legible, not legible, but listenable, the audio is fine. I'll play on the air, and we'll answer your question. Finally.
2: Our, our, our Twitter's big, coming alive. Our Twitter's coming alive. We're getting our some Twitter's action. alive.
1: Unfortunately, yeah. both of us work, or our Twitter will be alive a lot more. <laughs> Between you <laughs> and I, both work in real-life jobs. Damn you know, this word. Difficult. Yeah, you're a bum. Just, just. <laughs> so if you're a new listener and join enjoying the show, please do us a favor. Send us a text out to a fellow Angels fan. Let them know about our podcast. Our listenership has grown, I believe, When you know just when you start any new podcast, it's usually very, very small in terms of listenership. Our first podcast the first couple days was I think like four people. And I can tell you our numbers have grown a lot since then. So we appreciate the support and I hope you keep checking us out. Our goal is to be the top Angels podcast out there. There's some good competition for that, but we're doing the best we can. Okay. So here we go. Game one. Angels loses one 8-5. to five. They actually play well early. Trevor Cahill, oh my gosh. I'm just so frustrated to watch this guy pitch. It's not because I think he's horrible. It's because he shows flashes of being an effective pitcher, and then he falls apart. Overall, he goes four in a third inning. has six earned runs, strikes out five, two home runs. My gosh, the home runs are killing him. And two walks. In the end, Angels lose that one 8-5. to five. Did you get a chance to watch that game? That
2: that was on. Hold on. Yes, I did watch that, that game. Was on. Was on pardon? That was on Memorial oh, Day. Yeah. Memorial Day. I did have to work, but yes, I was able to watch that game. Yes,
1: I did. See, miracles never cease. All right. <laughs> Home run from Albert Pujols, his ninth of the year in that game. Cole Calhoun has two doubles, puts in thirteen for the year. Angels did. Jeez. Uh, Angels did pretty well today. Uh, David Fletcher 2 of 4. The problem being the bullpen and the starting pitching. In the end, starting pitching fails miserably, and then Luis Garcia, Taylor Cole late in the game, are unable to kind of keep it any closer. And game ends being eight to five. The Angels yeah. had every chance in this game. The A starter was Chris Bassett. He came in pitching very well, but the Angels hit him and they hit him hard. Five innings yeah. pitch, for, uh, six hits, five earned runs the home run, and then it was the A's bullpen that shut down the Angels in this game. Uh, frustrating. Frustrating to watch because Bassett was pitching his head off coming in this, in this game. and it, it, it's a, To me, that is a a game the Angels could have won and they let it get away. Your thoughts? If,
2: yeah, my thoughts is, yeah, he, he he gives up five earned runs. The starter gives up five earned runs at five innings. You think he got a good shot. But your starter turns around and gives up six. In in four point one, and yeah, for our bullpen uh, giving up two runs uh, the rest of the game uh, is that's a that's a pretty good performance by our bullpen. Um, but I yeah, disagree. Is.
1: I disagree because they gave up those runs late. You put them in a the hole, man. Put them in a the hole. And you're talking they about were- your back. You're, t- you're talking about your back end relievers, guys. so you need to kind of keep this game in there. And they both give up runs late. I'm gonna be hard in the bullpen today, folks. I'm not happy with the bullpen at all.
2: I don't know if you saw my tweets, but I, I, I'm a little. Dis- I've always been disgusted by the. I'm still following Noe though on
1: Twitter. Well, you you better be after that, his performance that paid off today. today. That paid off today. Yeah, see, it yeah. paid off. <laughs> no, nope. did pretty well. All right, going to game two. This was a fun game. This was a fun game. Angels beat the A's six four. Ty Butcher gets the win. He's three and two in the year. Hansel Robles gets his sixth save of the season. It's a fun game. Angels lead four to one going into the fifth inning. The A's crawl back in. Nick Tropiano. Uh, how do you describe this performance yesterday? Well, he did He didn't pitch. Did he pitch long enough to get the win? He didn't pitch long enough to get the win. I don't think he. Well, he pitched
2: oh. five innings. Oh, what am I looking at? I'm looking at the wrong game. Yeah, you. Uh, you,
1: you yeah, wake up, curious. man. Wake up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Wake up. For
2: a guy, for a guy who hasn't pitched in how long? I mean, I, I didn't have. I mean, Trappiano. I mean, I, I forget this guy's even on the team,
1: but let me look here. I want to look at I want to see how long he well, pitched. You're, while you're looking it up, I'll go ahead and read the stat line. Nick threw uh, five innings, pitched. You know, five hits, three runs. Two walks, four strikeouts, two home runs. Those two home runs were devastating. That put the A's in a tie game 4-4. The bullpen does fine. Cody Allen, two-thirds of an inning, gets up a hit. Ty Buttrey, he came in. He came in. His control was a bit off. He settled down, struck out the side. Gets the win. Hansel Robles with the save. The big thing there was the top of the ninth. Our boy, Shoyotani, singles to right scoring Tom Lutzella and Mike Trout. Mike Trout, by the way, was hit by a pitch. Sorry, not hit by a pitch. He uh, fouled a ball off his foot, but they not hit by a pitch. And overall had a rough day, went 0 for 3, did score a run, walked twice. He's not hitting, folks. He's not hitting well at all. He went 0 for 3 and 0 for 4, and today he didn't play. So he went 0 for 7 in the series with, you know, two, two times on base yesterday. So it's not Mike. Something's wrong, with Mike. And... We're going, to, we're going to talk a little later to to Fabian, Fabian Ardaya from the Athletic about it as well, and he'll kind of clear some things up, but Mike Trout's not right right now.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think he's, and he's had a couple days off, but he's coming back on, he's coming back, very, he's back to next game, right? He wasn't there
1: today, but he'll be back tomorrow, right? Well, that's what they're saying, but we don't know for sure until we see a lineup card. They They think he'll play tomorrow, they think he'll be in the lineup. And you know we don't know how bad that they say it's it's sore. They said yeah, how bad is the, the bruise? That would, hurt. That that would hurt. hurt. I don't blame him, but the reality is, is he hasn't really been right since he came back from his injury. He looks healthy to me, but I'm getting honestly, man, I'm getting tired of all the people complaining about him on Twitter. All, Oh I, my that's, Why, my gosh! And then, well, they, then yeah. they shame you. People will shame you if you defend Mike Trout. Like, my gosh! So you disagree with someone's opinion on Mike Trout. So therefore, you are stupid or you're being naive because you don't agree with their assessment on Mike Trout. Well, I, I just
2: don't. You know, of all, if we're gonna point fingers at problems with the Angels. I, I find Mike Trout to be way at the back of the line, even when he's struggling. I, I mean, he's we, we have so many more problems than Mike Trout having a, a a Mike Trout slump. I don't even know you would call it a regular slump. I'd call it a Mike Trout slump. Um, so, I mean, and uh, yes, I know about getting attacked on Twitter and, and I attacked and, and and said, you know, I probably went over the line. and But that's the, the nature of Twitter. But yeah, people are coming down hard on him, and I don't understand, you know, I mean, give
1: him a little time to, the guy did hit a ball off his foot. Well, I look at and- it this way. Look at it this way. Right now, as as of yesterday, okay, the people hitting behind Mike Trout, Shohei Ohtani, 239, Albert Pujols, 228, Cole Calhoun, 240, that's not very good for protection for in the lineup. And it, this enables you, as a pitcher, to go in on Trout much more and be more aggressive with him than you normally would because of the protection behind him. He <laughs> doesn't have much protection. He's all on his own here. In every pitcher, not every well, every pitcher, yes, but every hitter has their down weeks or slumps. We're talking about a sport where you are considered successful if you get a hit three out of ten times. If you fail seven out of ten times in any other career field, you pretty much are going to be fired. Absolutely. So I think there needs to be some kind of perspective here when it comes to my Trout. He's going to be fine. And here's the big one. the ooh, I, I, This one just burns me a little bit. When you make the comparison to Albert Pujols, he's just going to be another Albert. He made his money now. He's going to be Albert. They're two totally different Albert. people. They're two different people at two different ages and two different points in their career. I don't see that. Albert Pujols was showing signs of problems one, two years before he signed that contract with the Angels. The Angels really should never have signed that deal, not because you didn't want to have the guy, but he was already showing signs of slowing down. Coming into this year, was Mike Trout showing any signs of slowing down? No. No? Oh, no. Oh, he got no. A, four, a, a 450 on-base percentage. He's still getting on-base. And Otani was Rookie of the Year, and he's having a little
2: troubles. I just, you know, the, the, the whole, yeah, comparing him to Pujols is ridiculous. And I, I heard on the radio the other day, uh, I was uh, listening to a post-game show on the Angels game, and they were, you know, they were talking about Albert Pujols, and he was saying, you know, and the guy with me, I, I thought a very interesting point that um, I've never really, you know, they said, this is what it looks like. This is what 600 home runs looks like. This is what 3,000 RBIs look like. This is what uh, – yeah, no, uh, 2,000 RBI, excuse me. This is what uh, 600 home runs looks like. I think I just repeated myself. Um, and, uh, I mean, to get to, to, to get the achievements that Albert has, you have to play a long time, and you tend to be a lot older. So, I mean, uh, I, I just I, – I, I think I sound like an Albert defender. I know. I mean, I, I, I just – I, I, I go to the game, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to just ramble for just a second because when I went on Twitter and I called people not fans, I, I guess I was I was very inarticulate. And the way that I really wanted to articulate when I was saying, you know, why I go to games is, you know, I have an opportunity to see two first first ballot Hall of Famers every night. I have a chance to see Shohei Ohtani, a two two uh, 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 you know a freak two-way of nature, player. yeah, two way player, and and we get that privilege on TV. Live, however you want to to watch it, listen to it on the radio. We get that privilege every night. I mean, and it may not. We may not be first in the division. We may not win the. We we're, we may we may not make the playoffs this year. Um, but there is a lot to to root for in this team, and I and I think a bright future, as we've rehashed many times.
1: And we're going to rehash that today too, because uh, Fabian Ardaya has a lot to say about that as well. And it was really interesting to get into that because here we have talked to three beat writers from the Angels and all three pretty much share the same view that they're building for the future. I don't think people realize the poor condition that Tony Regans and Jerry DePoto left this franchise in by the time they were done.
2: I I, I mean, there was... A, and then, you know, and then, and a little bit of that has to go with the whole... Uh, um, Mike Socia
1: too Cause he had a, lot of, Socia had a lot of power don't you think I do but I don't Tend to blame Socia As much and the reason why I don't Tend to blame him is because you He's only a manager okay he's not He's not in charge of the minor Leagues he's not in charge of all the fire Off decisions that was Regans and then Depoto okay so I have a really hard time Putting the blame on Socia and I it's weird that I would say that because I've never been a big social defender. I'm kind of neutral. And I think he was a very good manager. I think he was a very good manager. I also think that there were several times in the last couple of years when that team probably should have lost between 85 and 90 games instead of 80 games or 70 or 85. Sorry, more than 90 games, basically. I'm not saying it right. This team really... the. Our diet makes a great point later on. And he talks about the fact that at one point the f- the the farm best prospect the guy by a pitcher by the name of Nate Smith. He's not even pitching now. He's out of the league. He's out. He's out of pitching. This is this is where things have gone. This is this is where things were. So what kind of death did Mike Sosha have to deal with? And the answer is he didn't have anything. Well, my,
2: my my, you know, one of the one of the things about today's game that I really liked is is when I looked at, and of course I didn't get to see the game, I had to review it, and um, but I mean I look at the Ross, I look who played today, you know, Ren Gifo, Renegifo, yeah. Jared Walsh, Puelo, the catcher, and and we got Joe Adele is healthy. <coughs> We're seeing, I mean, we have a lot of. People coming up, new. I mean, you see growth. You see that they have they're growing new talent to re- hopefully rectify this situation. We, we have a future. That's
1: what I see when I look at the roster today. Um, we have a future. So let's look at that game real quick. Angels win today, twelve seven. They win the series. That's freaking fantastic. Um, right? <laughs> fantastic. They, I wish um, I. What'd you say? Wish I'd seen it. Well, I know you're a bum, man. Come on. Come on. Jeez. You're we got we to gotta get you MLB TV, honestly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> honestly. So, hey, let take a lead today. Cesar Puelo. singles to right center in the first inning. Scores two runs on Sally and Otani. Um, later on, Marcus Simeon hits a home run for Oakland, makes it 2-1. Brian Goodwin, RBI single in the top of the fifth, makes it 3-1. Puelo scores again. Scores as an home run. Two run shot in the top of the seventh. It's 5-1. Angels blow the lead. That kind of stinks. It's five, 5-5 five top ninth. When the ninth. When the Angels get two more, one from a Renjifo uh, double. And then Jared Walsh, the single right center scoring Renjifo. It's 7-5 bomb the ninth. Oakland tied it up again. Driving, this is the bullpen, I'm telling you. They're driving me nuts. But then in the top of the 11th, the floodgates open. Renjifo reaches on a Matt Olson throwing error, scoring Puelo. Then, Brian Goodwin scores on a pass ball. Then, Tom Lastello singles to right, and followed by a LaCroix single to center. All of a sudden, it goes from being a 7-7 game to a 12-7 game. Now, the key thing I want to point out the contributors here. Foreign system people here. Puelo came up from the minors this week. Renhifo Contributed Jared Walsh. Walsh had an RBI. Renhefo had an RBI. Puelo had four RBIs. That's hey. spec. That that that's that's your farm system right there, right?
2: Well, you, you're forgetting one one important person in this game who
1: pitched six innings. I haven't got. I haven't forgotten. I was talking. I was covering the hitters. I haven't gotten to Canning oh, yet. Sorry. <laughs> so. That's, I'm just talking the hitters. Those are people contributing to scoring. Now you have Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning goes six innings today, three hits, five strikeouts. His best performance as an Angel. His ERA now is 306. By the way, he is he is becoming our ace. Is he I, not? Yeah, he is. I I I
2: I I mean, the, there was the the mantle was sitting right there for anybody to grab. And when he came in and he is to, he is he's got his eyes
1: dead set on it. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the statistics, he's our ace. So the concerns though, rest of the pitching staff, check this out, Justin Anderson, who was a week and a half he- week and a half ago one of our most dependable relievers. He's not gonna five three out ERA, give it two earned runs and earn and third today. Luis Garcia gives it two runs in an inning, blows a save. Robles, he blows his second save in a week. And then your boy, your special friend, Noe Ramirez, he's the one that shuts down. things down. Two innings pitch, does give it three hits, but has two strikeouts, earns the win, his second of the year, and that's how this game closes out. I, the, I am getting concerned about the bullpen, and it it goes back to the starting pitching. It goes back to them. That starting pitching has not been given this t- this group time to heal. Ty Butcher, I believe, has pitched in four of the last five games. That's not. That cannot be happening,
2: man. Then that's said. That's something that's kind of escaped me on the because you know last year I just used to bury my head because I used to get mad at Sosha because he pulled people in the fifth, and but last year I think he was pulling people that didn't need to be pulled. This year our starters are needing to be pulled. I mean they're not they're not, <laughs> they're not <coughs> earning five innings or six innings, um, which is putting and then this opener thing. Which think you know? I wonder. I wonder why no opener for Canning today. Is that just
1: confidence? Because well, the idea is well, confidence, in what you I mean—his confidence or the manager's confidence? Manager's confidence. Well, I would say yeah, because they haven't used—they have not used an opener for him yet, man. They've been using it for Pena. Okay. But hey, you know what? The A's use an opener today, and the Angels blew him up. Two hits, two walks, two runs. So it doesn't always work. Angels used an opener yesterday give up a run. I look at this team and I'm wondering, you know, if they can just get some pitching together, they're going to be all right. And that's the big concern down the line. I, if you are an Angels fan and you are seeing guys from the minors come up and contribute, like Renifo, Jared Walsh, and Pueblo, how can you not be excited for the future? Can you not tell at this point the Angels are doing something right? It's hard to see things when you want to win. You want to win now, right? I mean, John, you want to win. You don't want to go to games and see this team get blown out every week or, or just lose continuously. You don't want to see that, right? No, sir, I don't. All right, but but in the end, is this team better off than it was four years ago? Oh yes,
2: and I and again today's such a such a per- perfect picture when you look at the roster. You know, I wouldn't have I you know, I wouldn't recognize this roster if you if you came to me three months ago. I would have said who 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 and uh, and we put up and then uh, something else that's kind of you know I've always been on the side of I want Otani to just be a batter, but I'm starting to come around on the. Let's make him more of a pitcher. I don't know if he'd be willing to do it cuz that wasn't the deal. But I mean, if we can do well without his bat, maybe not the other night when he hit when he won the game. <laughs> but um, well, I mean, well, gosh, it would be nice to have perhaps, you know, if Canning can still continue to grow, two aces. I mean, that 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 could
1: make a difference on this team. I think it really depends on where he is when he's got all the stuff back. Like coming off of Tommy John surgery and getting your arm back in shape for it. Is your stuff the same? We've seen, like with Matt Harvey, how his stuff was once dominant and just popped. When I went left his hand to being still pretty good now, by the way. But it's, it's not enough. Like Matt Harvey has really, really good stuff. The ball moves when it comes out of his hand. The problem is he can't control it for Jack right now. So we have no idea exactly how it's going to be for Otani. Will he be able to recapture that control, the velocity he needs, or or not? So the jury's out. And being as though he has been a little more injury prone in his career, it might be the smart move just to make him a one-way player.
2: Well, oh, I think that that's what the Angels have always wanted to do all along. But, that you know, he signed with the intention of being a two-way player. But I do like the fact that if, God forbid, he doesn't work out as a pitcher, he's still an Angel and he's going to be a, a productive offensive player. So I like that.
1: You'll like that. All right, so there's the series. They take two out of three. Angels are twenty six and 29 They're, They are sitting in fourth place in the AL West with the – now 24-34, and 34, Seattle Mariners behind them, and that is where we're going. Just a really brief preview here because we want to get to, f- to Fabian Ardia. In terms of what is going to be going down in this series over the weekend, Game 1 of the series, Seattle, we'll sh- we'll, uh, right now I have it as you say, uh, Kikuchi, at 3-2, 3-2 ERA, going against Tyler Skaggs in Game 1. This is tentative, this is what I've been finding. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. We'll know probably by the time this podcast is out who will pitch game one. Andrew Heaney in game two against Mike Leek. Mike Leak's three and six of four nine three ERA. Game three will be Felix Peña against Tommy Malone. Malone's one and one with a three three eight ERA. And then for Seattle in game four will be Marco Gonzalez with a three four one ERA, five and four. Don't lose number don't all those numbers fool you. The Seattle pitching staff has been horrid. It's been absolutely horrid.
2: Their bullpen's made ours look good. Look, look all
1: stars.
2: Yeah. yeah, they made us look good, their bullpen.
1: So <laughs> just to give you kind of a lowdown here, on Seattle they are twenty-four and thirty-four. Like I said before, fourteen games out there, eleven and sixteen at home, thirteen and eighteen on the road. They've lost two in a row. They have a minus fifty-three run differential right now. That's you know in context, the Angels are like a minus eleven. So if you are wondering a little bit in terms of where they stand, well, there you go. For the Angels, to me, they have to go up to Seattle and play fundamental baseball. If they do that, they're going to win this series. I don't. The, the Seattle won, won this year based off just one real thing, and that real thing for Seattle was that they were living off the power, and they do hit for power. They hit for a lot of power, but there's nothing else they do well. I really believe that. What else does Seattle do well?
2: Not yeah, no. I mean, while they're in Seattle, that's very helpful too as, as a home team, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's helpful for them. But just looking, they're 21st in the batting average with a two forty-five average. They are fifth in runs scored, so they they are basically just a power hitting team. That's all they do. They're 28th in earned run average at 5.17. They're 26th in WHIP. Team leaders, their best batting average guy is a .270 Domingo Santana. Next is Tim Beckham at two fifty-seven. Daniel Vogelbach, 15 home runs. Mitch Hanger, 13 home runs. Jake Bruce, 13 home runs. There is where things are with them. They are hitting for a ton of power. That's where their magic is. Runs batted in, Santana 42. Evan Encarnacion at 34. And Vogelbach with 32. But pitching-wise, wins five for Gonzalez. That's their leading uh, Kikuchi's at 382 for ERA. Then they start jumping up to fours. That's for starters. And then, you know, strikeouts. I look at this team, and I just – if the Angels can just do enough to wear down the starters early, they're going to win this series. I really believe I, that.
2: I think if you got a chance to sweep a series, this is a series you're, you're, you can sweep. I'm just looking at the – yeah, you're right. It's still – I just checked.
1: It still doesn't show that we have a starter uh, on tomorrow's yeah. game. It's going back and forth right now. But by, I'm sure by the time I get this podcast loaded tonight, they'll have a starter picked a couple more things also about the Mariners. They got 12 stolen bases from D. Gordon and 12 from Alex Smith, so they will run a little bit. But overall, they're just not a very good hitting team. They're not. And so it's going to be interesting to see down the line what happens here because I think if the Angels can get to their pitching early, they're going to be fine. I really believe that.
2: I, I agree. I agree. The bullpen is a, bullpen is, is, is a bigger weakness than, for them than it is for us.
1: Well, and folks are going to say, well, the Mariners kicked the crap out of the Angels earlier. Honestly, this Angels team is much better than it was the first two weeks of the season, and this Mariners team is much worse than it was two weeks in. They're well, just how, not the same.
2: Look how different, different this roster is, even from the start of the season. <clears throat> we had so many changes. I mean, Tommy Stella wasn't tearing it up at the beginning of the season. He he wasn't the Tommy Listella that we have now. I hope
1: he stays that Tommy Lestella. I think he will. I also think he's probably letting in the bottle. I don't think the Angels can count on him being the guy for the next three, four years who will do what he's doing now. Isn't I mean, he only? is he only under one year contract right now? Yeah, but that's what I'm trying to say is I I wouldn't expect the Angels to make this long term big money commitment to him because he hasn't had the track record for it. He has had he's having one good year. So not even one good year, or not even to June yet. Not we have there. no idea. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for the guy. He's, he's he plays hard. He he works hard. He's hitting well. He deserves all the credit in the world. But the Angels would be foolish to do anything to extend him deeper because they don't have a body of work to show he's worth that kind of money.
2: Oh no, I'm not thinking big. Yeah, I, I'm. That's I've been looking at this roster, and we can cover that on another podcast. You know, from from top to bottom. Like who who. Who is going to for sure be here next year? Um, who has a good chance and who is in all likelihood not going
1: to be here next year? I think there's a good who, chance. Turnover max next year. I think they're going to start ruling some of these guys out of here and building around the cores That's what's happening.
2: What? what, what yeah, again, we're, uh, back to the one-year contract, yeah, mm-hmm. which all of them are under. And I think at this point, Tommy us played himself out of a contract with us. Because I don't think like you said, I don't think they're gonna invest in him. He's having a contract year in his contract year. You don't do it better than that.
1: <laughs> and I don't I think mean, the angels should be willing to pay him for that. It depends on what he wants, what they want. I mean he's he's thirty years old, right? hmm So it's not like it's not like they're gonna go any team is gonna go out there and give him a six, seven year deal. He may be happy with a two year deal it just depends on what they want. And it also depends on if he keeps it up. He, he may go cold tomorrow yeah. and be back to a 250-hitter before we know it. I hope not. I'm not wishing that upon him. just saying that his career trajectory goes more in that direction. So we'll see. Yeah, we're not at the all-star break yet. So a little, so, little, little perspective. So any final thoughts here before we talk to Fabian? No,
2: just looking forward to. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of these more of these young players, these players that I, that I that I'm going to grow familiar with playing play for the Angels. And and Joe Adele is knocking on the door. From excuse me, everything I'm reading is can't wait.
1: I mean, he, his injury cost him, so i would expect it to be probably sometime next year before he makes any kind of long term thing. But I think we may see him in September. You never know. It comes September, if this team is out of contention, I would expect the Angels to bring him up just to get him some more at-bats.
2: That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And eventually, Justin Upton will come back.
1: One can hope. It should be any time now. He's traveling the team. All right, folks, here we go. Here's our interview with the Athletics, Fabian Ardaya. All right, folks, I'm with Fabian Ardaya from The Athletic. Our Angels beat writer for the Athletic, Fabian. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
1: Well, thrilled with today's results thus far. Twelve-seven game. Um, I'm looking for that. I'm enjoying that. Um, pitching concerns, but that's what we're here for. You know, how was your day, Ben?
0: Uh, it's been good. Uh, I drove through LA for the first time in a few months, and it went horribly because there was a driver on uh, going the wrong way on a freeway entrance but other than that everything's been good
1: that sounds a lot like california doesn't it yeah it
0: does
1: hey anything can and will happen all right so i i asked you to come on the show because you know you are constantly on this team you've been covering this team for a little bit now and and it's a bit of a the way this team is built and the way it the direction's going is a little bit of a mystery we have seen numerous theories out there as to Billy Uphler's plans and so on and so forth. And so we've been getting some different opinions. And, of course, just want top baseball. So I, the first thing I want to ask you is is how do we judge the Angel- Angels at this point in the season, especially given their pitching issues and Mike Trout's uneven play?
0: Uh, I think it's hard to really judge where they're at now. considering wait, This is just about the time of the season where you can start to make some opinions about the Angels. They've been so streaky. Uh, especially I mean obviously begin the season one and six, then they come roaring back and go back above five hundred. Uh I think basically if you ask me if this is where the Angels would be at this time of the year before the year started, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh maybe some of the ways that they got there I would be surprised. I would like, think I had Tommy LaSella being one of the best second basemen in the American league. But I would say I mean some of the starting pitching issues uh I wouldn't have seen it coming this bad, I could have seen it becoming an issue. And Mike Trout, I think, obviously, he had the strong first week of the season uh, destroyed the Rangers at the beginning of April. And he got hurt. And ever since then, I know he hasn't necessarily been the same Mike Trout. He's still been a very good player. I would. It's been slightly uneven, but I think if you look at it in the context of his entire career, I think it actually kind of lines up pretty typically for him. I think it, it's, he's gone through stretches where he's been This sort of player and once he snaps out of it then he becomes another level of great player so i think that it's just a matter of time before he really starts to get that going and in the meantime the angels still have a very good player
1: it's it's a little weird because if on our i don't know how people react with you on twitter but on our twitter feed it is a constant flow of negativity the last week or so about mike trout and i guess what blows my mind is the guy still has like a 450 on base percentage. He still, he still produces. He's just not at his you know, normal 300, 305, 306 that he normally would be around this time of year or any time of year for that matter. So I guess the question that I'm hearing the most is is his injury completely healed?
0: He is healthy. That is for sure. It's just more of a timing issue. I think you can sort of see when he's moving around the outfield and he's playing defense. He looks completely fine, and he is completely fine, health-wise. His issue, he said, and he is stressed, has been just that he doesn't feel like his timing is right. And it's just a matter of trying to work through enough things where he's able to get uh, sort of the, his correct swing going for about a couple weeks straight. He's had it where it's been a couple day stretches where it's been good, well, weekends where it's been good. Uh, he said when they were... Uh, that final game against the Rangers, he said that was probably the best he's felt in the game all season. So I think I think he's fine. I think if you look at where he was at this point last year, uh, I want to say like I think May twenty third, he answered that he finished that day at two hundred eighty nine batting average last year. So I think it's some of the concern about his quote unquote struggles are a little bit overblown. I think part of it might have to do obviously with contract being attached. You're, you're looking at things in a little bit of a different context, but he might try to spend the same night trap.
1: So, overall, one thing I'm really curious about is what did the Angels organization expect entering the 2019 season? Did they, did they believe this team was a team that could compete for a playoff berth? Were they comfortable with the starting pitching? Because it's, it's panning a little bit different than what we would normally expect.
0: I think they were a team that was built to be competitive, but I don't know if they're necessarily built necessarily to compete in 2019. So, in saying that, is if they had been, if, say, instead of being at, what are they, like 23 and 29 right now, if they were 29 and 23 right now, they wouldn't be surprised. And they would be able to be happy and pleased with it and keep riding it out. But at 23 and 29, they're not going to necessarily push the panic button and try to add and build to this team. Think that they liked what they had with a lot of the depth that they've been able to build over the last few years and also, I mean, what Billy Epler sort of had to do uh, since he took over from Jerry Potter is sort of take, take on these flyers, take on these risks because, I mean, they simply just haven't had the depth to really make up for it. You could argue that this year they do have more depth which they do. But their attempts to try to sign the front-line starter, to go after a Patrick Corbett, to go after a Nate Givaldi, which they did very intensely, both of them didn't pan out. They both signed elsewhere. J.A. Happ even signed elsewhere. So, I mean, they were sort of left with some of these risky, risky signings, and which is what happened with Matt Harvey and Trevor Cahill. Both of them didn't work out. And a lot of the free agent signings that Epler's had haven't worked out. But they were also able to sort of buy low on John, L- Jonathan Lucroy, and he has really worked out well, and he was able to buy low and try to acquire Tommy LaSalle, and he's worked out as well. So I think the direction of this year's team is essentially to continue what they've been doing the last few years, which is build up their depth, build up uh, sort of who they have around Mike Trout slowly without necessarily getting rid of people with te- years of team control Uh, without necessarily sacrificing what they've been building up over the last few years. And I feel that probably next year, when you have probably Cole Calhoun's contract comes off the books, and then you only have one more year of that Cozart's contract, whether he's on the team or not, you still only have one year of that contract left on the books. That lets you sort of be even more aggressive when it comes to adding a big piece.
1: You mentioned the kind of like the idea that the Angels took a risk. And I think that's where I'm seeing it, and especially starting pitching. What went wrong with the starting pitching this year that has been, quite frankly, pretty awful? And is it really just a case of the Angels swing and missing on a couple of free agents like Matt Harvey?
0: I think, the really, the two things that have really been detrimental for this pitch, uh, starting pitching staff, have been the two free agent signings. I think if you look at it on its own, I don't think I think maybe the numbers aren't necessarily Griffin-Tyler Skaggs, but you're not necessarily feeling terrible about what Tyler Skaggs can bring by the end of the season, because you've seen signs of what he can be. Griffin Canning has been great. I don't think anyone's really having any sort of complaints there. Uh, Andrew Keeney getting hurt doesn't help, but obviously now he's back. uh, He looked very good on Sunday. And then Felix Payne has probably been the best pitcher on the starting staff all year. So, it really just comes down to Car- Harvey and Cahill. And I can excuse the Cahill signing because he was good last season. Uh, he has shown signs of being very good. And also, this season, even, he's had a few starts where he looks very good. And last couple starts, I know he didn't, I, I know obviously he had the home run issues again on Monday, but there are still signs of positivity there because the He's mentioned his changeup usage. He wants to change that. That That's some differences in his ground ball rate. And if he could sort of change back into the pitcher he was before this year, I think that is a sign for positive positivity. I mean, Matt Harvey, though, that's a difficult pill to swallow, especially at $11 million. I mean, he still has good stuff, but it's not great stuff. And he has average commands a below-average command, and that's not going to work when his fastball isn't 96 to 98. I understand looking at maybe what was a small sample size a year ago, 24 starts with the Reds, and being able to see maybe some signs of hope that you can continue to build off that, but Matt Harvey really has uh, maybe it'll happen in the bullpen, or maybe it won't happen at all. Regardless, now he has time to be on the IL, have a chance to work through those things while the Angels actually are able to tap into some of that depth that they touted before the season. And you've already started to see that, that starting rotation start to level out a little bit more. Uh, obviously, three great starts over the weekend against Texas between uh, Canning, Skag, Heaney. Sharpiana was solid, if not, but not great uh, yesterday in a spot situation. Griffin Canning was, was good again today. Uh, well, you're starting to see signs of turnaround. I think honestly, April was very difficult in that regard, but they're starting to show signs improvement. I
1: think Matt Harvey is watching Matt Harvey pitch. He he does have good stuff. You can still see it, but you you nail it though. He's got no control of that stuff. It's everywhere, and it's leaving you know, leaving his stuff hanging. You know, for anybody to destroy. It's that's a tough part to watch. As you can see, the way his, his pitches move, it. it He's got movement. I just don't understand how, at this point in your career, you've lost your control. I, I don't get it.
0: I'll, the thing is, if you look at his early days from Mets, even he, he had some of those issues there. I mean, his command has never been great, but he got away with it just because his stuff was so much better than it is now. I mean, his stuff is still good compared to the average pitcher, but the difference in the stuff that he's been able to lock to lose, just because of the injuries he's had, it it's, it might honestly be too much for him to overcome. Regardless of it still being there, it's not there to the extent that it can mask some of the flaws that he's had throughout his career.
1: So what do you believe Angels fans can expect from this team for the rest of the season? You know, what can they still salvage from this year? Do you believe, What do you believe they can salvage?
0: I honestly, before the season, if you asked me, I thought they were a 500 team. And I think they can be a 500 team the rest of the way out. Maybe they can be better than 500 the rest of the way. I mean, they're 26 and 29 right now. I mean, that's not a terrible spot to be in, really. I know, obviously, they're pretty far back at the race, uh, pretty far back in the wildcard race. And there's a lot of really good contenders now in the wild card run, especially with Oakland getting hot. But I think they can be sort of what they were last year and the year before. Maybe that's frustrating as that is for some people, but just sort of, A team that is solid on a night-to-night basis, but not necessarily one that you would expect to necessarily make a run. They could, but I think that they're a team that will be competitive, uh, but they're not going to be a team that's going to necessarily go out and add a piece to the deadline. I'd say they're more likely, especially right now, to be selling at the deadline, and they'll be just sort of treading water until next offseason, next year.
1: Yeah, looking at their schedule, they have – what I would call their easier part of their schedule coming up here in early June and then things get really nasty for them in September and August so if, they, if they're not anywhere by the end of June it's time to sell at least looking at their schedule but overall looking at this team we've had a lot of debates on this podcast about the Angels plan you've kind of talked about it a little bit here I just want to flesh it out some what do you actually believe their full, their full board plan for their future is Think you know maybe a two, three year plan.
0: I think they're the start of their window to really be where you feel like they should be regular postseason contenders. Mm-hmm. I would say that you're starting to sh- you start to really shift the expectations starting next year. Uh that will be the fourth full uh try to count. That will be the fifth full season, uh, under Billy Epler. There'll be a chance to sort of see a lot of the players that he brought into the farm system will be in the upper levels, if not in the major leagues. Um, and then you will have a lot more money than you had in years past in order to be able to add guys in free agency. So you'll be, you could expect going into this off season that you can try to plan for an outfield that is just enough to Mike Trout and Joe Adele. You're going to try to plan for that. You're going to try to plan for the fact that. A lot of the guys who are making their debuts this season, uh Luis Renjipo, uh, for example, those are that's gonna be a guy who's gonna be on your opening day roster or on the peripherals of your opening day roster along with uh Davis Fletcher, uh year of Tommy LaSella, uh Jared Walsh, possibly Matt Seith, possibly Taylor Ward. Uh and then it it, it's a lot of the homegrown talent that you've been working to build up and develop. They're starting to break through, and it's just that second year of that wave really coming through is when you start to really see teams make that leap, and I think you've seen it when teams have gone full rebuild, so you saw in the Astros when uh, Jose Altuve first broke out, when George Springer started getting going and broke out. And you've also seen it from teams that have done the mid-tier rebuilds like the Brewers, for example. I think the Brewers are a good example of what the Angels are trying to do. Uh, They didn't have the superstar to begin with, like the Angels do with Mike Trout, but they have consistently tried to not bottom out while trying to restock their depth. And I think it gets worked out beautifully for the Brewers. Uh, Then, when it was time for them to get aggressive, that's when they went and got Christian Yelich. That's when they went and got Lorenzo Cain. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a team that was that was on the outskirts of the division race to a team that goes with the, gets within the game of getting to the World Series.
1: So, looking back now, you mentioned Depoto and Eppler taking over for him. My question here really is: year hindsight being twenty twenty, how poor condition did Depoto and his staff leave this team, this organization, for when Billy Eppler took over?
0: I mean, I think Keith Law wrote it at the time it was like the worst farm system he'd ever seen, something like that. I mean, Nate Smith, yeah, he was not in baseball anymore, was their top pitching prospect. And then they had to sign Tim Lincecum because they had no starting depth. I think you sort sure of see some of those signs there. Uh, like they would, these type of names that they would call up would be like the Todd Cunningham's in 2016, as opposed to now. You have a guy like Cesare Puelo, who, while not being necessarily having a, Extended history of being good in the major leagues, he at least has a lot of good minor league at bats. He's a credible quad a player, and he in Pueo is even diving a little bit deep into their outfield depth. They, you can sort of see some how the roster is constructed, some of the pieces that they add, even some of the pieces, the veteran pieces that they have at Triple A Salt Lake, are a stark increase from what Jerry would have. So, like a guy like a Jarrett Parker wouldn't be on a Triple A Salt Lake roster under Poto, but Apple Risk made sure to sign enough of those guys for all right, if maybe even if you don't feel as good about your own homegrown options in the outfield at that point, at least you have depth in guys who are competent, uh, who you can bring up for a short period of time. I think like a Dustin Garneau is another perfect example of that, where he's a guy who is a capable big league body. I think just the care to add depth even in those ways is something that's super notable about this current Angels team versus the one that Epler inherited.
1: So all that together, how do you assess Billy Epler? and um, and talking to other media members who've covered the team, they seem to believe that he knows what he's doing and that fans can be patient with him and let him do his job because he's doing a good job. Where do you stand on this?
0: I fully agree. I think I wrote this at the beginning of the spring. I think he has sort of He's built this team to make a run. It, just because the run hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not working. I think, I mean, if you look what Jeff Lunau was doing when he first got to Houston, I think they were ready to run him out of town just because even though the fan base knew what the plan was, plan there was a like completely tear down, which is not what the Angels have done. It might even be easier for Epler had he just decided, you know what? The, team, the rest of the team around Mike Trout is not any good. I'm going to just ship off as of much as everything as possible and try to bottom out. But when you have Mike Trout on your team, you can't do that. So he decides, you know what, we're going to try to be competitive, build the depth as progressively as possible, and then get themselves in a place where they can be sustainably good for a long period of time. And, and Mike Trout saw that. He, he said that when he signed his contract extension it was. He saw the plan that Billy laid out, and that was a lot of what really sold him on what the Angels could be with him there. Uh, yes, there are other factors for him wanting to stay. I mean, it's hard to turn down $426.5 million either way, but <laughs> Epler was able to convince him what the vision was. He was able to convince Shohei Otani what the vision was. I don't think Jerry Depoto would sell, be able to sell Shohei Otani. I know, obviously, Depoto got uh, got you say Coochie, but I think those are different cases and how they handle things. So I think Epler has been able to sell when he's needed to sell and get the right pieces when it comes to the trade market, when it comes to the waiver market, and he's been able to draft quality pieces, at least from that 2017 draft looks really, really good right now when you have Joe Adele and Griffin County as your top two picks. But one place where he struggles has been free agency, and I think part of that has to do, like I mentioned before, is He's had to take on a lot of risk with a lot of these guys just because those are the ty- types of guys that he's able to get into the door. And those are the type of guys that at least if they do hit, that's the only way you can even be able to get those sort of top-end talents at this point.
1: Well, my argument all along, though, with with the thing about the free agency and one-year contracts he's been signing people to is I think he's been doing that so that he doesn't deviate from the overall plan. Like, he knew this team was not going to be a World Series contender this year, so let's take some shots at people like Matt Harvey, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, well, we tried. And they still have it off the books for next year. The same for Trevor Cahill. And so, it's kind of like rolling the dice and seeing what you get and what you don't get, and I'm not sure I can fall him for that, especially given the fact he did actually pursue other guys over the over the offseason. Does it, does it make sense to you that if you're building for the future, and you're going to try and get these young guys up and playing and starting soon. You're going to rely on those one-year contracts to kind of cycle these old guys through to be competitive now and then build for later.
0: Yeah, I think that was incredibly smart. I think if you're not going to get a guy like a Patrick Corbin or a Nathan Ivaldi, who they really wanted to get and were willing to offer multi-year contracts to, if you're not going to get those guys, then I don't think you should tie up your contracts just for the sake of saying, Hey, we signed someone to a long-term deal. Look at what we did. I think they said they didn't get Corbin, they didn't get Hap, they didn't get Ivaldi. They were very close to getting all three of those guys, but ultimately, two of the three of those guys signed else. I uh, signed back with the teams they were already with, and then Patrick Corbin signed with the Nationals, who who offered him way more than anyone else did. So, I think once you don't get those guys, I think they sort of reset looked at the market. I mean, uh, Dallas Keuchel doesn't fit the type of pitcher that Billy Efters likes to bring in. So I don't think he was really, in, or is really an option there. Uh, and then he looked at, all right, what are some of the, the people who, if they hit, could put together a season similar to what Evaldi, Corbin, Papps can provide. And they looked, and they said, they looked at some of the upside in a Harvey in a KO, and they said, all right, right, go one-year flyer on these guys. And If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't.
1: So one last thing here. You mentioned um, Dallas Keichel, and you mentioned that he's not really a fit for Epler. So what about Keichel does not appeal to Epler?
0: Uh, I think you look at the guys that Epler really gravitates to. It's a lot of the guys who throw really hard, who miss a lot of bats, I know Cahill isn't exactly that type of guy, but Cahill has at least shown uh that he can do that in spurts. Uh, and I think he looks at high velocity. He likes – uh he doesn't necessarily like soft contact guys. Because, I mean, there there's a split community out there as to whether or not the ability to generate soft contact is a sustainable skill. I know – Hagel has been able to somewhat show that over the last couple of years, but he has uh, dipped off from where he was in 2015 when he went to try out. Also, I think ownership-wise, it's going to be tough for them to sell on another, to get, get sold on another Boris client. I know, obviously, Matt Harvey's a Boris client, and now they're going to have to deal with a couple of Boris clients, Canning and Adele, but... Artie Moreno has not worked historically with a lot of Forrest clients. I think the last major deal that had been dealt with Forrest client, the Angels, um, before this was uh, Jerry Weaver's contract extension, where he famously said that he sort of went against Scott Forrest's advice to sign back with the Angels.
1: All right, Fabian. Thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you... uh, on a, a wonderful Thursday, sorry, Wednesday evening. I'm losing track of days here to spend time with us. Can you tell people where, where they can find you, they can find your work? And also, since I know The Athletic is, is still newer, can you tell people about The Athletic, where you work?
0: Yeah, okay. You can find me on Twitter, at Fabian Ardaya. Um, and at The Athletic, you can see my stuff there. I have a story, actually, that came out this morning on the draft process and the development of Jared Walsh and how he became a big leaguer after being a 39th round pick in 2015. Uh, and then The Athletic, it, it's a place, it's basically a sports online magazine subscription service that they basically cover. Uh, they cover just like the newspapers do, but they do incredible amount of depth, a lot of great features, a lot of great content, uh, no ads at all in any of the stories, no pop-up videos, anything like that. And we just launched podcasts, podcast, and we have a new video section, uh, that's non-intrusive. Uh, a lot of great writers that are a lot better than I am. So you get access to Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, uh, Mark Craig, uh just all these kind of great writers on the baseball side and the NBA. Obviously, we have Sham Sharani and a lot of great insiders throughout all the sports. So I think the f is obviously very much worth the subscription. And we have a special, I think, for 40% off right now. Uh, if you tweet at me, I've all Try to hit you guys up with a link.
1: Awesome, awesome! Thanks so much for joining it for joining the show today, and uh, I hope we can talk to you again soon. Absolutely, thank All
0: you. Right. Thanks
1: a lot. All right, so I mentioned it earlier in the show, but Fabian Ardai is pretty much in line with every other beat writer we've talked to in terms of this team is building something and. I'm hoping that eventually the naysayers who are out there listening and really kind of coming down on Belly Apple will leave them, leave them be. Give them another year or so. Because it takes time to rebuild a farm system. It takes time to repair what was broken. It, it start, If you're starting from the bottom and then working your way up, it takes years. Not just one year, but years. Because... If you go and draft a guy, he's going to start in rookie ball, and then year by year he works his way up. up. If I can paraphrase what you just said, that
2: signed Dallas Keichel, right? Is that what you're saying? Signed Dallas Keichel, right? Yes.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) And extend Albert.
1: No, no. I I just don't just don't see it.
2: Uh, Kaiko, yeah, no, I don't either. I'm with you. You've convinced me on that one. I, we we have, hey, we got Canning. we got we got Otani potential. Are you know you know, we we have got some serviceable starters, and uh, and we have, uh, yeah, I think we're we're good right now with what we got on our own on our own thing. Maybe we go after a big one, but I don't think Dallas Keiko is the one to go after.
1: So in talking with Ardaya, though, he makes it pretty clear overall that. When it comes down to it, needed time—it's going to take time. But I don't know. Did you ever read the book that Tim Salmon wrote about his career? No, sir, I have not. Man, what kind of angel fan are you? I'm not a. You know, I
2: read a lot of books as a child. My mother will tell you this, but I buy books. You know what? I'll go buy his book. I definitely will, and maybe I could get him to sign it one day in front of the stadium. But I buy good books with good intentions. And I, but I rarely finish them. Uh, my wife reads like a like a teacher, like the teacher she is. Listen,
1: man, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> Just, oh my gosh, yeah, you, you're on the Angels podcast. <laughs> you're hosting with <laughs> me. Yeah, read the man's book. All right, I'm i
2: uh, Hold on, I'm, hold on, hold on. I'm getting out my 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 to do list right now. All right.
1: Well, anyways, my point is this. My point is this. <laughs> In his book he talks about what it took to build for that 2002 season and we he mentioned that the reality was the Angels built the that winning team in the 90s and it really began in the early to mid 90s with the hitters first and then later the Angels when they kept getting getting you know falling apart late in the seasons you go back to the 95 Angels especially that team could hit man they they that team could hit 96, 97, those teams can hit. But they always fell apart late. And the franchise then realized the need for pitching death and how deep it needed to go. And I just saw this parallel to what's going on with the Angels now. They have some serious hitters moving up now in the ranks. And they already have a couple at the major league level. You get the pitching right. This team will be winning very soon. And it's just a question of how they're going to get those pitchers. Next week is the draft. And there are a couple of really solid pitching prospects that will be there around the 15th pick. If the Angels can square away the pitching in their system, and there are some young guys, some guys are too young right now to make an impact, but a year from now, two years from now, it's going to be a different story. But go back. Go back to that World Series team, John. And look at the homegrown talent on that oh. roster. The homegrown pitchers. It's and exactly what I was
2: thought. What I was thinking when you were talking. This is these are all homegrown. Uh, you know the the Salmon's and the um,
1: yeah. And that's what he talks about in the book. And it just I just thought to myself, listen, just stay the path. Billy is doing the right thing, folks. I really believe that. Just give the man a little more time. It's not this isn't the NFL. In the NFL, you can rebuild a team within a year or two. That's what that's what John Dorsey's done in Cleveland, for example. That's, look what Lesney did with Sean McVay, or a one-year flip, okay? You can rebuild them in a year or two in, in different sports. In baseball, it takes much more time. It takes much more time because you need depth, not just on the major league roster, but you need to have depth in the minors because people get hurt. It's a long season, 162 games you have to be able to call people up and they'd be reasonably effective and I think long term the Angels will be fine if they go back to what they were they once had the best farm system in the league and then they let it slip away baseball is a team sport
2: and you also you, you can't sign a, a savior out of high school in baseball That's dif, 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 differentiates us from uh, uh, basketball per se Um And uh, so, you know, and and we have farm systems that so I mean, it takes a few years to get to get talent and you just have to be patient. And a lot of us can't see what what's going down a lot of us don't pay I didn't pay attention to the minor leagues before I before I started this podcast with you. Now I'm paying a lot more attention and seeing the the potential that we have. And, uh, you know, when when he makes a pick, I'm going to have to research who the pick is. Do you think he goes for a
1: pitcher or do you think he goes for best? Best available I think right. I think they're pr- pretty well set with outfielders. I think I uh, talked with Carlos Carlazo today. He'll he'll be on our show tomorrow. But the kind of feedback he was getting from both from both him and his staff there with the Angels need in the farm system are some are pitching and the um, infield positional players. You got to remember there really are very few catchers in the Mileys right now that are, are full fledged prospects. They have one in the top third to catcher and he's not a very high prospect. So there's a catcher who's going to be there around the 15th pick that will be available that is very appealing. There's some pitching coming in there. Um, There's no, like you said, there's no savior. You know, it's very rare in baseball to have a savior come in and you know immediately come in and play. There are some prep pitchers coming out of high school who they can take a flyer on that have high up size, but they have yet to hit any kind of major hitting talent. So... It would be a longer, longer road for them. The top college pitchers are expected to be gone, according to him. And again, we'll show you his interview tomorrow. So I think right now you want to look at this draft and, and think—not best player available, but does that best player available match up with a need or not for where you're trying to go?
2: Yeah, I think I think you. I think you go for the best a best available need. I shared. I don't know if you watch watched that uh, the the 2009 draft. I shared on on our on our the draft story of the 2009 with Trout in it. It's a very fascinating little video from the MLB Network. Um, I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. I mean, I mean, uh, you do have a good idea, and that's what Epler and and professionals like him do. That's their job. And if but I think you go for the the, the best in
1: what you need. That's I best. think. If that catcher's there, I think they go for him. But really, the pitching talent needs to be... If I'm the Angels right now, I'm loading up on pitching talent, honestly. Because they have the positional talent available. If there's good pitching available for them in the draft, that's where I want them to go. I want them to load up on pitching. But there are several needs, man. At third base, you might want to think about getting a power hitter if you can develop one from there. Uh, Second base may be a thought. There's always a need at first base. First baseman... You know, even though we have right now a couple guys who have come up to the major league level, these guys become trade bait later on. And definitively, to me, you need a catcher. When was the last time the Angels had a had a catcher come up and be there for five, ten years? It's been a while. Benjamin Lena probably. So yeah. I, I just look at that and go, you want that that catcher who can be someone who handles that entire staff. And so, if there's that guy available, you go for him. Again, it here's a difference, though. I'm not a scout like right now. I'm not going to all these things, so I don't know what the Angels are seeing. I know, according to Carlos, that they are in touch with several players. They have their eyes on quite a few. So we'll see how the chips fall come next week. Well, I look forward to it. And end it. All right, folks, it is time for us to go. We Hopefully, we didn't talk your ear off too much, except for when John does his awkward silences like he just did a minute ago. Anyways...
2: <laughs> I'm either awkwardly silent Or I interrupt you What what, what do you prefer What do you prefer
1: (laughs) I'm just going to poke at you a little bit You know poke the bear (laughs) One of these days he's going to come back at me And like threaten my life (laughs) (laughs) Okay so You can find me on Twitter At DC Apology, find John and Jax Crane John Also The Twitter handle for Talking Halos Is at Talking Halos Search for our page on Facebook And don't forget us on Spreaker, iTunes, Google. Yeah, that's right. We're on Google Play. All those places. Spotify. Go check the podcast. Share it. We'd really appreciate it. Okay, for the entire team here at Talking Halos, including John. Have a great one. We'll be back tomorrow with Baseball America's Carlos Colazo. Have a great one.